and welcome to episode 123 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Simon, Pale Robbie on the boards. I'm stuttering a little bit already. That's not a good sign. Joining me today is Derek. Oh my God, hold my hand. I think Nino Cooney 2 looks amazing. Heemsbergen. How? Wow. See, sometimes you just project my feelings for me, but you're usually <laughs> right. Uh, damn, man. Nino Cooney 2 does look really good. It really does. Like, it, it looks really like it fixes every problem from the original. And by every problem, I mean combat. Yeah, like the last episode you were saying, oh, Rob, you should watch these trailers for Nino Kuni 2. I think you're going to like yeah. it. I'm like, I don't know, Derek. I don't know. Like, that that game was, ooh, that was a heartbreaker. And then I see this game where you actually control your characters. And right. you have, like, little minions doing your work, just like you were saying. And yeah, I'm yeah, a little elemental deafening. Yes! And the world yeah. map is still pretty as hell. Yes. Yeah. So Good stuff. That, Looks really good. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. All right. We we also have uh, Mike. Where are the Metal King slimes, Solosi? <laughs> uh, do you want me to tell you? Because I can. I know. I, I killed like five or six of them, and that might be the most satisfying thing I've ever done in a video game. Yeah, it's. I mean, thirty thousand EXP each. Uh, yep. The the big island of slimes, the uh, the dragon gra- graveyard, the Dragovian path, and the final dungeon. Those are the places. You gotta get gotta get lucky on the bastards though like you, yeah. you gotta like you gotta let them you have to make it so that they like attack you that first round and then maybe have yangus do his executioner attack but it, it also does help that one of the two new characters also has a critical hit move so you can, oh, now, now, you can, now you can have three people uh go for the critical but it's What's the, who else has a critical i know yangus does and then maury's club skills does Okay, but does the hero have a critical? Yeah, for, he... yeah, he does on spears, lightning thrust. Oh, see, I went swords. I made a mistake. I well, I went spears to fifty nine just for lightning thrust, and then I had swords the rest of the time. Okay, okay, I got my giga gash or whatever guy gash. Or <laughs> I love that attack. It's so awesome. And so I, went, I went hard on boomerang this time. Yeah, I, really... I think I think taking boomerang up to fifty two for super throw is a good idea, but um, beyond that, maybe not because by the end of the game they'll have kazap and a bunch of good all hitting stuff. But yeah, boomerang isn't that a file sharing service from the early two thousand? That was kazap. I know. I know. Uh, and you're dating yourself a little bit there, Derek. Uh, yeah. Ha, so Derek was using a computer in two thousand three. <laughs> what a nerd! Oh my god! So now we got to get a young person in here because the old people are talking too much. Uh, we have Peter Sexy Mike uh, Treisenberg. Um, hi, I'm Peter Treisenberg. I have Fury on the boards. I'm very confused. I mean, when when you first got into the the call, mm-hmm. we could see your lovely you know visage, and you were like, I was I was feeling feelings, Peter. I, I mean, you were backed away from the keyboard, and you were kind of like giving me this lusty look, and it was like the sexy beam attack that Jessica. He was giving me some microphone realness because he was holding one of those like hand mics. Oh, like, you, you finna give us a Super Bowl performance? What's going on? Yeah, that's just that's just. That's just my my default mode is Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl. I, <laughs> I accept no substitutes. I like you more every day. <laughs> I, when she jumped off the top of the stadium, I was like, okay, like like why the hell not? Like, You're this, like go this, on, this, girl. Yeah, like, you, you are just awesome. Like, uh, anywho, I think we have video games to talk about, right? Right, video games. Video uh, games? Maybe never heard of them actually, but you can try to convince me to have Could a conversation about it. Well, I mean, Nintendo has taken over the mobile world, right? So we clearly have to uh, we cl- we clearly have to talk about Fire Emblem Heroes, right? We do, I guess. Ooh, oh no, Derek Coon, do you not I, like the Fire? I Emblem just Heroes? don't like 
I friggin' don't like gotcha games, man. I'm sick I, of them. I hate random poll bullcrap. I, don't I, I thought you. I was sick. I thought I was sick of them, but I I played Fire Emblem Heroes for the past week, a couple nah, weeks. F that. Yeah, I'm good. I can't resist the big, beautiful portrait art of these characters I've spent dozens of hours with. It's you know where else I can find that Tumblr. Fair. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot more boobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, on Tumblr fine. or in the game. On Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fine. I can deal. I've seen a boob in my day. Good for you. <laughs> I don't like Fire Emblem Heroes. I just. <laughs> I. I I am fundamentally against gotcha games at this point because I've given sure. so many the benefit of the doubt and be like, all right, you know what? This one might be okay. There is, you know, Final Fantasy Record Keeper, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, Mobius, I played, Final Fantasy. Do you I, see I, I played two of those three. Included, I, I was on Brave Exvius for like six months. I know, man, but you go and hard on stuff. I, I know, but this, I, I'm, I thought I, I thought I was done with gotcha games after Brave Exvius, but I, I decided you to are. Give, Yeah, I decided to give. Fire Emblem Heroes just to try, and it it feels less obnoxious about the uh, about the gotcha than those other games. In part because it actually shows you the percentages of picking up five stars and four stars, and there and I was able to get some early success. Like I got some good pulls early, so I didn't it, I didn't feel the hopelessness of just never getting what I wanted. And I mean the actual bones of it, it's it's like just a very lightweight version of Fire Emblem gameplay. It's almost all the battles are four on four. You, uh, it's it, it's like it's like you know playing a pickup basketball game instead of a full NBA forty minutes. And I hear you, it, and I'm gonna let you finish. But nah, <laughs> no, I actually I appreciate where you're coming from on that. Being able to. There, there's an appeal for sure to having a, a version of your game that you can play in bite-sized chunks, and especially like, um, you know, this one actually has it has gameplay beyond like random draw kind of stuff for just yeah, and, putting and, and, and the game pl- on auto battle. And, and the game, yeah, it's it's far beyond the like record keeper auto battle, and I also think a little beyond the f- like Final Fantasy facsimile in Brave Exvius as well. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just, I, uh, I think. Saying no to gotcha games is one place I'm actually comfortable making, I guess if you want to say, making a stand for what it's worth. Like, I, I won't be another download for these types of games just because I really dislike them on principle and I've had enough at this point. But, I mean, I don't think that it's, you know, like, the worst I, thing to ever happen to humanity. I just yeah, really and, don't like gotcha games. And, and also, to be fair, like, I have not gone hard into this one like I had, like I did Brave Exvius. And um, a lot of that, I think, is because... Uh, I know that we're getting more Fire Emblem soon. I mean, Fire Emblem Echoes comes out in May in the United States. Yeah. And, uh, I still need to beat Fate. But... No, you don't. I, was, I know I don't, but I, I want I know I talked about this a year ago, but I was I was a little let down by Fates. I'm, ho- I'm hoping I get back on the Fire Emblem wagon with, I, uh, with Echoes. The internet swung around hard on those games. I was, like you know, I was let down by Fates, and I only made it halfway through Birthright. But, but like the the internet was all up like oh my god new fire emblem it's amazing and I think we talked about this two or three episodes ago and then all of a sudden like a couple months later everyone's going like these games are not uh, well, very good a, a lot a lot of people still like fates I think uh it's I think the fan base is divided on whether it was a disappointment or not but uh I think for for sure the hype for fates far out, outstripped how much I actually liked going through it and and uh, I mean and going back to fire emblem heroes I mean the uh the story, there are original characters and a, a quote-unquote original story, but man, it is it is rote and not much of a story. I do like the art for the, the new characters. Yeah. 
<clears throat> that I've seen. That's and, nice and, and the art for the old characters looks awesome. Like one of my um, one of my starting characters was a Fire Emblem Seven character that I hadn't thought about in a decade, and and his new portrait art looks amazing. So like like if you like Fire Emblem characters and Fire Emblem art, and you have some tolerance or acceptance of the gacha game style, then it's worth trying, but I, I'm not, I'm gonna, as soon as I can play Fire Emblem Echoes in a couple months, I'm not gonna care about Fire Emblem Heroes anymore. It, it seems a cut above uh, Nintendo's other mobile stuff, at least. Um, oh, like Mario, Ru- Mario Run and Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go just added 80 new Pokemon, which no one about cares about, because no, nobody's, nobody's playing that anymore. About time. Like, it. Yeah, it's like too little too late, guys. So, but... so do we think that maybe Nintendo... I mean, I guess Super Mario is, is Super Mario Run is a full-fledged game. Like, you buy that, there's no gotcha mechanics in it, correct? I don't think there's any microtransactions. Um, I, think, I, I, think, I think there are planned microtransactions, but it is a purchase that gives a complete experience. I right. think it's like you can buy... Le- you can buy uh, can't you buy additional levels? I thought I saw that somewhere. But I'm sorry, which are you talking about? I, I missed it when you uh, said Super Mario um, so, Run. Yeah, you pay like $10 once, and you get everything that exists in the game. Okay. So, I guess my question is, like, or more of a, a thing Nintendo has to look at is, look how Super Mario Run sales compare to Fire Emblem Hero sales. Look and see how much more money they get out of each. I mean, if this goes to the whale argument of a couple of whales are making it so that Fire Emblem Heroes makes way more money than Super Mario Run, then we're going to see more of these gotcha-style mechanics. Right. Well, I think there's just flat-out more potential for money-making in a gotcha yeah. game because you can you can have players pay into it an unlimited number of times. Right, right. But, but, also, but also, like, Nintendo is popular enough and cell phone games are widespread enough, they can experiment with different types of, uh, of, of pricing schemes and, you know, do whichever one seems right for, the, for each project. True, true. Also true, yep. I just don't know. I really don't know what they decide to do. Uh, the the gotcha mechanics. Uh, my only real experience with that was the little bit of time I spent playing Let It Die, and we talked about that a while back. I despised that game, and I saw the microtransactions right away. It was kind of funny to watch the internet turn on that game too. People were like, <laughs> "Oh, this thing's really, really interesting," and actually, you know, the gotcha mechanics aren't bad. And then it gets insane. Yeah, like, well, I, I think that game has a really good core, but yeah, yeah. the gotcha mechanics are, are and, a big problem. And for me, the gotcha mechanics for the the three gotcha games I've played at length, there's always a bit of a break point where you run out of ways to consistently earn the currency that gives you more more drops or more rolls. And once and and once the flow of that currency becomes a more of a trickle, then the game like sharply dives in how much fun it is because the uh, because the reward stream is that much slower. Yeah. So I I, I I didn't quite get there with Fire Emblem Heroes. I still have story stuff, and they they unlock they uh, released a few more story chapters a week ago in the in the patch that let you uh, that added Ephraim to the uh, to the pool of heroes. But so it's um like I hadn't quite hit the break point for Fire Emblem Heroes yet, but I know it's out there. I know there's going to be a point where I'm just not going to have fun with that game anymore, and it's which is all right because I've spent zero dollars on it, but. Yeah, it, it, it's a gotcha game, and all of the strengths and weaknesses that come with gotcha games are definitely present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm considerably more excited about Fire Emblem Echoes because uh, yeah. I, in terms of the Fire Emblem series, I I find that I've become less of a fan of them since the, since uh, I 
can't talk today. Since Awakening, mm. uh, I'm just not super fond of. I don't know. I, stylistically or something, it doesn't quite work for me as well. And I know that Fire Emblem Echoes is running on the same um, engine. Waifu baiting? No, not at all. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're gonna do that as much for Echoes because Echoes is a remake of one of the NES Fire Emblem games. I really hope they don't because. That was what turned me off of Birthright, was that it doubled down on the worst aspects of Awakening. Like, it, not, not, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, they just, they're trying really hard to... Like, they, they've, they've uncovered a model that really appeals to people, and that's finding characters with either relatable or amusing traits that they can... That each player can pick and choose favorites with, and then take that a step further and pair them up with, with other characters that they like. So, in... in creating this model that so appeals to people's like very specific personality likes and dislikes. I think that a lot of the characters have become one note. So I just, I guess I just miss, um, and Fire Emblem has never had like the deepest story or characterization ever, but it always felt a little bit more political than it does now. Uh, so I, yeah, and, I just miss older style ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I adore a lot of the older Fire Emblem games and I, uh, and I even played, translations of a few of the Japan-only ones. But uh, for Fates seemed like, it, like Peter said, it doubled down on some of the uh, more, of some, of some of the less fun parts of Awakening. And, and, and like, the maps are good, and the relationship stuff is, is, you know, fun if you're into doing that a lot. And sometimes I do go, I do enjoy doing that a lot. Me too. But, like, I don't but, even mind it. I yeah, just don't need that to be the core. Yeah, the, the characters feel weaker, and the story felt so weak. I I never be, sort of wasn't uh, uh, what's the word? I, I never got you know attached to the story in the game at all in in Fates. Me neither. Yeah, because it feels so throwaway. It's it's very much as we've said before. Uh, the the term that keeps coming up is like Saturday morning cartoon writing, right. where everything is super predictable and like. There, there's just no depth, really, and you're supposed to believe incredibly ridiculous things like the actual demon ruler of this com- country, like, somehow having a redeeming personality. You know, it's like, but he's our father. He would never. Like, no, he's murdering people in front of you. But he's our dad. And he's actively trying to kill the main character while the main character is trying to help him. He looks like Ganondorf. Like, come on. Can we – I, I want to go back a step because uh, <laughs> I know you guys uh, were talking about how it's a waifu simulator and uh-huh. – just to kind of branch that with something that I'm doing, uh, I have never beaten Persona 3. I know it's part of my eternal shame, and I'm in the process of trying to beat uh, Persona 3 Portable on my Vita. Ooh, I and, uh, it, it is very, very good. It is easily the best version of Persona 3. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it, but I, you know, there's a little bit of waifu simulator in, the, in that. I'm playing the female protagonist, and I'm trying to win over Akihiko. Akihiko, Akihiko and, and Shinjiro are, are pretty good romance options. Maybe don't do Ken's. Yeah, that, that might be a little creepy. Yeah, uh, okay. but, but, like, um, I guess... I does it just come down to writing for you guys? Like, I yes. kind of, I kind of like the Fire Emblem, like kind of cheeky yes. humor, but I can see why that would grate on you, Derek. It's absolutely writing. Yes, okay. I, characterization is one of the things I value most in video games and role playing games in particular. I play them. I mean, we all play games for a lot of reasons, but I typically gravitate towards RPGs because I like becoming invested in a setting, a world, and characters. And so when the characters are written. Like, you know, somebody's shitty deviant art fanfic. No offense to people who get their 
their uh, Jimmy's writing on DeviantArt because I know that's that's a great place for a lot of people to explore themselves and there's great work on there. So that was a blanket statement. I apologize. Anyway, whatever. So like, I, I just writing is absolutely paramount here, and the reason why Persona is leagues above something like Fire Emblem, at least in its current state, is because the characters in Persona have depth and they're relatable and they're believable and they're written in such a way that doesn't just like pander to somebody's specific fetish or some specific trope. And of course there can be moments of that. And like there can be, there can be shades of, of everything in both situations, which is of course like the most vague thing ever for me to say, but, but yeah, uh, yes. Writing, writing is important. (laughs) Like I feel like there's an actual person behind somebody like Mitsuru in Persona 3, whereas I don't feel like there's anybody behind a character like Tiki. They they definitely do the tropes. I mean, I just saw the recording where Mitsuru is like in a towel and like throws it on the bed and it's like, what do I wear today? Like those tropes are there, but I think the characters are fleshed out so much that you can overlook that. And at the same time, because this is a three-dimensional character and not a two-dimensional character, when that character has like some semblance of sexuality or something, it rings far more true i'm, I'm right. remembering the uh yeah. in, in dragon age inquisition the cassandra uh like love interest that actually felt real because she was so awkward like uh-huh. when you actually like fell in love with her yeah, she was she was awkward and guarded and like yeah and part of it was cracking the facade a little bit and the dial and the dialogue was well written and good yeah and then there's iron bull who is just like all right <laughs> okay <laughs> And I just have a lot more meat to them than something that's kind of like quick and dirty, like in Fire Emblem. Um, yeah. Plus, plus I think I do I do think some of it for me comes down to localization too. I thought that um, Awakening's writing had a bit more like of a point to it, for lack of a better term. And then um, and then um, I also played a female tactician and romanced Crom in uh, Awakening, so maybe that has something to do with my uh, preference for that game. But. Yeah. I mean, comparing the uh, Persona social links to the Fire Emblem supports, I think that quantity has something to do with it. Yeah, oh, in, for sure. Too, yeah. In, yeah, in Persona 3 and 4, there's between 20 and 25 social links, depending on which game and which version you're playing. And in Fire Emblem, there are hundreds of those damn support conversations. And in the older Fire Emblem games, uh, a character might have three so, um, support partners. And now, because everything is about the you know, unlocking supports and marrying your characters off to each other. There are hundreds, if maybe maybe over a thousand support conversations. Right. And, and so logistically that makes sense why yeah. they would be less fleshed out. Yeah. It also gets a little tedious. Like, yeah, yeah. I I liked the relationships for a mechanics purpose because I like my party was doing so much better in Fire Emblem, but I started to get tired of the conversations, if that makes sense. But to an extent, exactly. like playing Persona Three, I'm I'm getting a little tired of them too right now. I kind of want the game to end. Yeah, I think maybe just scaling back is uh, something that could benefit Fire Emblem a lot. So I'm wondering if with Fire Emblem Echoes it having a smaller cast of characters in the first place. I mean, I, I would assume it has a smaller cast of characters than, like, the entirety of Fates, right? Because Fate has three versions. Yeah, Fates um, has three versions, and uh, Echoes is a remake of a 1992 game right. or something. That's so, what I'm so, so, so because maybe, the characters are already yeah. established, maybe there are less of them, and there are going to be less permutations, which could mm-hmm. give them more time to focus on improving the quality of those individual interactions. I also don't know if they're going to be adding a relationship-building element to the game or not. I'd be fine if they didn't, like... I I mean I suspect that they will, but um, I haven't done a ton of research into it yet. I don't I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out, but I, I I am curious because like when a Fire Emblem game is good, I absolutely love them. I I really really like 
a good four or five Fire Emblem games. So I'm hoping that Echoes is another one of those that I like, and maybe and maybe they scale back on the relationship stuff, and I'd be cool with that. Yeah, that's fine. That'd be cool. I'm I'm still looking forward to that. I just my uh, my final statement on Fire Emblem Heroes is no thank you, Dot JPEG. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. It's, it's, a not, game. it's not even my favorite mobile game that I've played the past month or so. That should tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do I have to? Yeah. See. All right. So this is funny. This is a damn. This is like a story. Mm-hmm. This is an entire arc here. Rob's refusal to review this game, and then the the bargaining and the acceptance, and finally he yeah. No. Even even before then, you playing the demo last year. I remember you just just going into that demo with so much vitriol on a podcast last year. And here I, you are really with the review on the site. I, I was really looking forward to Neo. Uh, and then I played the demo, and I hated it. I absolutely despised it. I was cursing up a storm and just raging out. Uh, then the game comes to my house, and I'm like, anybody? Anybody on the website want this? I, I will I will pay you. Please, please, please. And uh, no, I, I they they made me review it, and uh, I had a real up and down. I, I guess I guess it would be down, up, down curve with this game. Where like I started playing it, and I was kind of annoyed with it, and like okay, I hate all these stances, I hate all these things. But I I really do have to commend Team Ninja. They really did listen to a ton of feedback with this game. So you know they did the uh, the alpha demo last April. They did a beta, and then they did a last chance demo and they they made huge improvements uh loot no longer has durability which was like a freaking godsend because when you had durability you would like break a sword after you swung it five times like it was ridiculous uh i think derek said something to the to the tune in his preview of like durability only works in like survival horror like do not do it anywhere else and you're right uh the camera is ten times better than it was in the demo. If you go back and watch the original alpha demo, the camera is, like, on the ground behind William, so, like, you can't see anything that's going on. They just gave you the Dark Souls camera now. Like, (laughs) slightly above him, tilted down toward the ground a little bit. They just went with the full-on Dark Souls camera, and the game is way, way, way better for it. Um, So, and then the enemy placement was way better. Instead of throwing you into these scenarios where you have to fight two or three guys where the combat system can get really dicey, uh, overall the character placement was really good. So, like, you could you were rewarded for, like, noticing people and pulling enemies. And I really started to get into this game. I, I was, like, I hit a height of really, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really enjoying it. But there are, as I said in my review, there's a couple things that are really killing it for me. Um, I don't think the level design is very good. Uh, and I, I know that that's, that's often a subjective thing, but there was way too much uh, amazing amounts of confusion, like where do I need to go in the level, I'm not sure if I've been down here before, everything kind of looks the same in a level, like it, it looks very palette swappy, like, oh, this, this part of the cave looks exactly like this part of the cave, and since the levels are all just levels, nothing is interconnected in this game from level to level, that kind of takes away some of the grandeur that Dark Souls is known for. And I, I think that works against the game a little bit. Um, the other problem is that it kind of runs out of stuff to show you. Like, after about 20 hours with this game, I was, like, really digging on it. I started to figure out the combat. I was having a lot of fun. But you flat out run out of enemy types in this game. Like, 
after you reach the third area of the game, you have seen every enemy type that, that they're going to throw at you. And when your game has more bosses than standard enemies, that's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. that that's a serious problem, that there's, like, 24 or 30 bosses in the game, and there's really only 20 types of enemies. That's a problem. So you end up fighting the same enemies over and over again with massive hit point pools. So that got boring. And uh, then there's the bosses, which... Um, I can't say on the podcast how I really feel about them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're you just, can, but... I mean, they're just garbage. Like that. Like they're just garbage bosses. Like fighting a boss for five to ten minutes and chipping away at its health bar, and it's got a bunch of one-hit kill combos or things that will stun lock you. And so it's just rote memorization and praying to God that they don't use that move on you two or three times in a row. Like that's just not fun. Like there, there's nothing. You know, when I'm playing a Souls game, like, I I feel like a badass at a certain level when I really figure out a boss. In this game, it was just, like, relief of, I never want to play that again. So you had, like, this, I'm really enjoying the regular one-on-one combat, even though it started to get very repetitive. But the bosses are like the asparagus that I have to eat with my steak. And I... and (laughs) I asparagus is good. Okay, uh, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are good, too. No, yeah, and put a little bit of salt and pepper in on the Brussels sprouts, and they're just fine. No, no, you're all wrong, Peter. You're you all right. wrong. Peter, you are right. Uh, but it, it felt like a chore to play this whole aspect of the game, and it's not like they were trying to half-ass these bosses. Like, they put a lot of time into them. They have tons and tons of moves, but they're just not fun to fight. They're just super damn frustrating. Like... I, I was reaching a point where I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. Like, I'm digging the combat, I'm digging walking around and, and like, cutting people up like a badass samurai, but then I get to a fight against, you know, some witch where she just keeps spamming the same move over and over on me, and it's like, oh, this is this is a really sounds, nice game. Sounds like the Ninja Gaiden influence is keenly felt there. Yeah, no, it really, I, I mean, I, I do not like Ninja Gaiden, I never did, I've played Ninja Gaiden Black on my PlayStation 3 when there was nothing else to play on it, and I, it was one of those weird things where, like, my buddies all had Xboxes, and they would talk up how much they loved Ninja Gaiden, and then I'm playing it, like, three or four years later going, this is kind of crap, like... This is not fun. Like, there there are moments of fun. There are flashes of brilliance. And I enjoyed Neo a whole hell of a lot more than I like Ninja Guide. I mean, I gave the game an 80 on our scale. But, like, the problems in that game are so readily apparent. I kind of personally feel like this game is really, like, it's really over-reviewing. Like... Real, oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Thank you for that, Solosi. Solosi corrected me in the comments. And you're right. I, you're, well, I, I didn't want to correct you in, on air because that would right. be rude. No, 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 but you were right. It's okay. uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma on the PlayStation 3. Ninja Gaiden Black was the 360. Thank you. Um, but, like, I, I was really getting into this game. I was really enjoying it. But, like, there are so many things that are so readily wrong with it. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to call out my fellow reviewers out there, but I think they're overlooking some of the game's core problems. Like, when your game should have ended at hour 20 and gotten a significantly higher review than it did at hour 40 because you had nothing new to show me, that's a problem. Like, you're just filling the game with content. They have side missions in the game, but all they do is just remix the levels. Like, give it a, instead of taking place at night, maybe it takes place at dawn. But you're playing through the same level again. Like, it's kind of... 
it's a little bizarre to me that the game's getting away with some stuff. And I think it's going to be one of those games that in a year people look back on and go, oh yeah, that game did have some problems. But it's definitely the best thing Team Ninja has put out in years. Like, I can actually recommend it. Uh, it is way harder than Dark Souls, and it is way more unfair, if that makes sense. But I, I still... Deep down, that combat is really good and really satisfying when you can wrap your head around it. And the game does not do a very good job of telling you how to play it. And I don't want to sit here and talk the entire time. So, Derek, you've only watched your friends and your roommates play it, right? Yeah, I uh, I played several... I played two of the three demos that were available and uh, appreciated the iterative improvements that they made. And I also, like like you had said, I previewed it at E3. Um and I thought it had promise, I'm, you know, that I'm not a huge Souls fan, so it seemed like it had a little bit more to offer someone like me who doesn't like, I don't know, the sort of punishing nature of Souls, but but this game is also really punishing. Um, I like that they did away with weapon durability, but yeah, I've basically just been watching my roommate and one of our friends switch off playing it. Uh, it's it's really pretty. I mean, it, running at 60 frames... Uh, it's it looks super fluid. I like the way the attacks they kind of have good a, a good balance of weight and speed, um, depending on the weapon you use, of course. But yeah, yeah, but that art design though, I, I don't it, I don't like you the art don't design. like it. I don't like the art design in the game at all. Like mm-hmm. it, like the enemies. Like I, I love the the armor and stuff that you pick up, and I, I think it's like a. You know, if you're uh, an Asian histories major or something, like you're you're gonna like go nuts over this thing. Like they they clearly put a lot of love and care. It's probably the most Japanese game I've ever played since Okami. Like just a just a love letter to Japanese culture. But I, I just the art design. Like I don't like any of the enemies, and it's really dark a lot of the times. And it just I don't know. There there's nothing grand about it, or like even disturbing about it. It just kind of looks like a comic book. Looks like a '90s era comic book. I can't really. I don't have a judgment so much on that since I haven't. I haven't played it too much myself, and I, I like the more Japanese aesthetic because I'm, you know, a weeaboo. But uh, <laughs> I like the I like the environmental design a little bit, but like the enemies are just kind of yeah, kind of loose. That's that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean there are just a lot of dudes in armor, right? So. Yeah. And it, and eventually, like, I reached a point where none of the regular enemies could do anything to me, because, like, I'd played them so many times. So, like, all you were doing was just throwing these massive enemy hit point pools at me. Like, the last couple yokai enemies that they throw at you, they're the same damn yokai that you've been killing from, like, the first level, but now it just takes, like, five combos to kill them instead of two. Mm. It, that's just... Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's lazy design. It really is. It, it, the game's got 20 hours of stuff to show you, and I put that in my review. It's got 20 hours of stuff to show you, and then it doubles it. And it, it you know, I, I would, in a heartbeat, play DLC for this game, like some new enemy types, some new challenges. It's also weird that they'll use, like, a new enemy type, like, two times. So there's, like, this ghostly female character that you fight. Uh, also, hats off to Team Ninja for cutting down the boob uh, stuff in this game. Like, they're actually... Like, you got a couple characters that show a little bit of thigh, but it's nothing like Dead or Alive or, like, Ninja Gaiden Insane Boobs. Like, I kind of respect them for that. Like, having a little bit more restraint with this art design. Uh, but there's, like, this really cool, like, female ghost enemy. And I think I fought her, like, four times in the whole game. And she's somewhat interesting, but, like, they use her once or twice, and then you go back to fighting the same yokai over and over again. I'm, like, I'm all good with uh, seeing boobs and nudity and all that kind of stuff. That's totally fine. It's just, like, if it's per- purposeful or not 
No. Right, right. And and this game does a much better job of like not just having, you know, the ninja walking around like ah, or like what was the what was the blonde haired well, girl in Ninja Gaiden who just looks like a dominatrix? Rachel? Yes. Uh-huh. I don't even Yeah, I mean, even she's whatever to me. I don't know. I the, the, when I think I of mean, something that's a problem, I think of like uh, have you seen the way that they're rebooting Bomberman for Japanese arcade? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, come on. Can you not well, do that? Just, Rachel just looks like what I would want Jackie to wear, like, on Valentine's Day. So okay, it's like, that's fine. It's extremely distracting to, like, watch that in a video. I'm like, that doesn't even look comfortable. But but I get what you're saying. Like, the Bomberman thing problem, is... Man. <laughs> the Bomberman yeah. thing is maybe a little bit more uh, crazy. That's that's like when I when I talk about this kind of stuff, like that's what I'm pointing at. You can, yeah, no, you can have fair. like boobied enemies in your video games. That's fine. I'm like, just not like. I'll, I'll be inter- I'll be interested to hear how much further your roommates play Neo because I I think. You... Oh well, one of them is like the most stubborn bastard in the entire universe, so he will platinum it. So it's just a matter oh, of time. I mean, it, they will hit a, a. It's it's weird. If I if the game had ended at like hour twenty, I probably would have scored it much much higher. And I think that's you know I've said that a couple times with a couple of games in recent memory, like yeah, Shinobi, Shinobi yeah, like there there's been a couple of games where I'm like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to give me ten to fifteen hours of more rote repetitive combat. Like I I was actually yeah, I okay think... with this game ending. There's something to be said about the uh, the importance that developers are putting on pacing in yeah. games these days because it it seems like some games uh, kind of shoot their load early and then leave you with you know like the remnants of whatever other ideas they had at the end, which yeah. is of course another very sweeping statement that I'm here like making without substantiating with a bunch of evidence. So, but like I, I get that feeling too, and I bet if we looked at an overall trend that we could, or if we looked at data, we could find an overall trend. Yeah, I think even Resident Evil 7, which was only like a 12 to 13 hour experience for me, there was like an hour and a half, two hours that the game could have lost. Like it mm. could have cut that part out and it would have been a little tighter for it. And I think you saw that reflective in some reviews. I was just really shocked to see some of the like super high scores for Neo. I was like, I think people like if you really get into the loot system in that game, that can probably make you real happy. I know Jim Sterling really hit on that. I found the loot in the game to just be a hassle. Like, I'm not going to sit here and look at three or four different stats on this piece of armor. I, d- does it give me more defense? Okay, that's all I care about. Like, the the numbers, I'm sure they're playing a huge part, but at the end of the day, I just needed to take more damage and give more damage. Those were, like, my two... It, it was very Diablo 3 in that respect of, like, are the numbers going up? Okay, then I don't care about any of the other stuff. Like, oh, this is in- increasing my key recovery by 5%. That doesn't matter. I need to be able to take another hit. You know what I mean? Like, that's the more important thing. And maybe that really changes with New Game Plus. And don't get me wrong. If you adore Neo and you think I'm completely wrong, there is a hell of a lot of Neo. Like, you will play the crap out of this game. And hats off to you. Like, that that's awesome. But I just – I reached a point where there was nothing else for me to really do in it, and I just wanted the game to end. And that was about a little bit past the halfway point of just, okay, okay now I'm just fighting bosses. I wonder if the – if part of the reception could be, like, a desire for something different from the Souls model. Yeah. Because I, I know you've mentioned this before, Rob, but, that, you know, we're on, like, the fourth um, medieval fantasy uh, Dark Souls game. Um, 
and and Neo does off, offer something different. Although from the way you're describing it, it sounds like it kind of took some of the wrong lessons from Dark Souls. Um, yeah, I, I I would say the combat is definitely deeper than Dark Souls. I don't think deeper necessarily means better in every respect, but you know I, I think you're right. I think people wanted something a little different. I think the Japanese aesthetic is very very striking. Even if I you know maybe if I don't jive with the art design totally. It's different enough. I think the mission structure, it actually makes multiplayer in this game pretty freaking awesome. Like, it's so easy to go back and do multiplayer in this game. That's really cool. I really like that. Although, you can't help out a friend unless you've beaten the level. So, like, I could help Derek if he decided to play that game, but we couldn't play the game together the whole way through the first time. I don't... I don't know how I feel about that. I think the developers did a good job of defending their choice, but some people are going to want to play this game together. And right. I think you, the game also becomes piss easy if you play it together. Like, they, the enemies cannot handle two players. Like, they just they just get mauled. Like, they right. like even bosses just go down like it's nothing. Yeah, that's kind of to be expected. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Souls games have gotten better about that. I, I, I like Demon Souls was still hard as hell when you were fighting a boss like with two people. But then you know Dark Souls one got a little too easy. Bloodborne got a little too easy. I think with Dark Souls three they they ratcheted up the difficulty quite a bit, and that you know try to make the co op a little bit more intriguing. Um, you know, there's a there is so much to goddamn Neo. Like there, it is just big. Like you have this that system and reforging weapons and and you know forging weapons and, and uh, soul leveling weapons. And then you got you got this whole tea house system and you got ninja magic and then you got regular magic and then ah oh, there's like so many interlocking systems. It, so it is just this big, big game that is all in service of this this combat system that when you tear somebody up in this game, it does feel really, really good. Like, I, I got really good at this game, and I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn with that. I still died a lot, but there was a definite, like, I've gotten significantly better at this game. Like, I was trash when I first started playing it, and the, the systems are all there to make this into something very fun. And if they make a sequel, which... They most likely will, because I think this thing is going to surprise a lot of people with how well it sells. I, I'm down for a sequel. I just get away from some of that Ninja Gaiden boss design and maybe increase the, uh, you know, tone down the repetitiveness and show me new things. And you got me. There's one level in a Ninja Mansion that is just so goddamn head and shoulders above the rest of the game that, like, if that had been the last level, I probably would have given the game a 90. Like, the, this ninja mansion with, like, dudes hiding out, like, behind walls and stuff, and, like, just... And even the last boss of that dungeon was awesome. Like, and not awesome because I killed him the second time I fought him, but because I really felt like I was fighting something that was humanoid-ish and behaved very much like a regular enemy. And I was, like, totally into this game. I thought that was the end of the game. Because, like, a walkthrough that I was using stopped there, and it turned out I still had like, half the game left. Hmm. So if the game had ended there, I might have even given it an editor's choice. But then from there on out, it was just kind of downhill. It was like a wet fart. Like, just... <laughs> okay, you know, you're gonna keep... And they got DLC for this game coming out, too. So I'm like, you know, what were you guys holding back? You know, there's like 25 right. bucks a DLC that's gonna be planned, so... Should be interesting to see. That's that's Neo. Uh, that's it's Neo. Not, 
I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm really happy I ended up as wrong about that game as I thought. I thought that game was going to be like Lords of the Fallen hot garbage. It is way more competent than that. It is super fun when you figure out the mechanics. I just, I think it lacks a lot of pacing and the bosses um, I can't speak about. <laughs> because you will rupture a blood vessel. Uh, well, my eye is twitching right now, so that should tell you something. Oh, God, the last boss in this game is just such... It, it, he's got an attack that he can do from off screen that's like, well, I hope this doesn't hit you or else it kills you in one shot. Oh, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Goody. Yeah, remember how much you hated Rom and Bloodborne? Yeah, this is like ten times worse. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. make it that far. <laughs> like, oh, god, it, it's it's just you know, I don't know. It, it's a game that's got some problems, but I'd like to see a sequel. And I've been saying that about a lot of games lately, but you know, it, it's it's cool. I dig it. I just never want to play it ever again. Sounds <laughs> like refinement is the. Uh the angle here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just refine a little bit. Also, if you are going to play it again, Derek, uh, go to low stance, because low stance is, like, the only way to dodge in that game, and so I was getting hit, like, constantly, just going, like, what the hell, man? I dodged through that, and then I go to low stance, and it's like, oh, this is where the invincibility frames are. Oh. Mm. I really wish I knew that. Like, yeah. I'll check it out. Yep. Uh, anything... Yeah, playing that game, even if it is frustrating, is going to be leagues better than the last game I played, which was Digimon World Next Order. And I, I like, honestly don't even want to talk about it, because I'm going to have flashbacks. <laughs> oh, my it's God. Your yeah. view is, like, the single greatest thing I've ever read for the site. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's a pretty crappy review. <laughs> it sounded like you had much more fun writing the review than actually playing the game. I did, I did. I figured if, if the game was that miserable, I should have some fun talking about it. Just, like, suffice to say that Digimon World Next Order just came out, and it's a... Uh, the latest in the Digimon World series. Apparently there are six. I didn't realize there was anything was, past Wasn't like, this one a remake of an older one? No. It's oh. new. It's okay. just in the style of the first one for PlayStation 1. I see. Um, so whereas I Cyber see. Sleuth, which came out like last year or the year before, is more of a like an actual traditional RPG, and it's made by the people, some of the people who worked on Wild Arms, which explains why it's good. Um, Cyber Sleuth is more of like a straightforward RPG. Digimon World is really heavily focused on the creature-raising angle so it's all about like training up your digimon and getting the correct evolutions that you want um but it's just it's so hands-off like you spend most of the game training your digimon by clicking what kind of stat you want to raise in menus and then you go out and you fight ai controlled battles and then your digimon die of old age and you have to start all over like it's just not it's not good it's not fun people apparently like it because there are six of these games in the series but i do not understand I think the fourth one was a co-op, like, action RPG, so I'm not sure it's the style that's drawing an audience. But um, I don't know, man. Apparently people buy them for reasons unbeknownst to me. They, they must. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. We've been, cover, we've been covering that uh, Next Order and on news for a while, and uh, never quite knew what to make of it, but I was kind of pulling for it. It looked okay, and then yeah. I played it, and uh, wow, wow. Like, I, I don't think I've ever struggled to push through a game that I've reviewed for RPG Fan more than this. Because there have been other games, games that for like, you, Derek. <laughs> I know. There have been games where it's like, man, you know, this, this kind of sucks, and I don't really want to sit down and put some time into it. But this was a damn struggle. Like, every time, it was so ugh, stressful, and, like, I, just, I dreaded turning the system on to play it. Can but, I interest you in a game called Lucius? You can. I remember you talking about that. At least you get to like 
Wait, isn't this the one he plays a demonic kid or something? Yeah, oh my god. It's just Hitman, but it sucks. Didn't they make a sequel? Yeah. Hitman as Babby. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Uh, if you if you really, really like Digimon, maybe you'll like this game, but probably just go play Cyber Sleuth and forget this exists. That's the good one, right? Yeah, Cyber Sleuth is fine. Uh, and it has art by the uh, Devil Survivor artist, so it's it's pretty decent. Although for some reason, every girl in the game is like a quadruple D, and I don't understand. That's that. that's still consistent with the Devil Survivor artist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yep. it's whatever. It's just like, huh? Okay, everybody in this world must drink their milk. Like, <laughs> apparently, gravity doesn't exist in the Devil Survivor world. Yeah. So uh, don't play Digimon World Next Order. Uh, do play Gravity Rush 2. We're not covering that at RPG Fan, but I picked that up and I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Not it's, to... Not to sli- no, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say it's like... Uh, it feels like a long-lost Studio Ghibli title, which even though like it doesn't have quite the same art or aesthetic, it's like very steeped in uh, Japanese culture and it's like jazzy and fun, and I like it a lot. What were you going to say, though? Oh, I was just going to do a complete sidebar and say that the reviews for Logan just went live, and everybody is saying that it is, like, the best thing ever, so... I'm so excited. Yeah, I cry every time they show that trailer with the Johnny Cash song. Like, that ain't a good sign. Like, that that's not a good sign. I'm just bringing tissues to the goddamn movie theater. Like, <laughs> Might as I'm well sorry. be prepared, right? I'm sorry, man. Music music gets me. Like, if the music is good, that's the reason why that, that scene in The Force Awakens didn't do anything for me. It's because the music just blew ass in that scene. Like uh, I, thought that, I thought that track was I thought that bit was good, but that's that's another discussion. The but, moment where Ray got the lightsaber is what got me. That was uh, perfect. Yeah, I started crying next to my dad, who started crying. Like mm-hmm. that was two generations of Steinmans started losing it. Like yeah, the whole whole theater erupted into cheers. It was great. That was pretty cool. That I, was, tears came to my eyes when I watched Creed for the first time two years ago, and he starts. How good was that? He starts getting. He starts, so he starts getting up to the and the old Rocky theme starts playing. Oh man! And it, and it like and it, and it cuts to scenes of Apollo Creed. It. Oh. It, if 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 a scene and the music are in perfect harmony, then it 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 gets me right in the emotions. Yeah, yeah. And that first trailer for Logan, I was just like, holy crap! Like. It's yeah. reviewing really well too. I'm. Mean, it's. Yeah. It, it looks like it's good, which is comforting. Yeah, because the be... last good X Men movie we had was uh, First Class. So. Oh, yeah. you didn't like Days of Future Past. I liked it, but it it wasn't. It, there was a lot of wasted space in that movie. <laughs> Days Brian, of Future Past was good, but it was messy. Yeah, and also it's Brian Singer. Brian Singer cannot direct an action scene to save his life. He made Superman uninteresting. Yeah, try try that. Well, I think that the uh, the time stood still scene with Quicksilver and Days of Future Past is one of the best. That was good. It was one one of the best parts of any X Men movie. So that was pretty good. I I agree. And Nightcrawler scene in X Two was also yeah, like phenomenal. Yeah, that was cool. So he and has then Apocalypse flash. happened and Oscar yeah, Isaac. Yeah, yeah you took and... you took Oscar Isaac and made him into what was that ooze guy from the Mighty Morton from Power Rangers? Ivan Ooze. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Also, that Power Rangers movie looks way better than it has any right to. It's, I do not okay. understand the hatred. I, I have complicated feelings about this. Okay, get it out. Let's do this. Um, uh, <laughs> the marketing I, is awful. Sorry. Oh, come on. I, I, I actually think it was a smart move to make it a little bit like an American superhero movie with giving the kids a specific origin and having them be sort of outsiders that meet with this uh, – that meet um, perhaps just – 
due to circumstances. But it reminds me of the worst parts of the Michael Bay Transformer movies okay. because okay. because of how joyless the designs are. Like, like, like the old uh, Power Rangers show, like the costumes and the monsters have an element of camp and they're colorful and silly while also being action-packed and, and fun. But this is like they're just doubling down on huge uh, sort of like grim, dark mecha, and there's none, there's none of the camp or fun. I would have preferred a modern interpretation of spandex to what, they, to what they're doing in the movie. And speaking I of, want... speaking of spandex, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. But, um, <laughs> Mike and I were talking about this on Twitter, but one of their promoted tweets was like, leave the spandex at home. And I'm like, yeah. you know, they did that line in the original X-Men and it wasn't funny then. And yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm I wish, they, I wish they hadn't left the spandex at home. Like, the, like there's, uh, they, they look like, um, it looks like fan four stick. Like that's the problem I have. Uh, I can, I can appreciate where you guys are coming from. I think that maybe what I'm excited about is that I, I'm hopeful that there is going to be some of that camp and, I, and I'll tell you why. At the end of the trailer, they do the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and it sounds really goofy. And so I really hope that they have, like, these grim, dark designs, I, I am, but then it goes full goofy. Like, I have just, to say, I, I am excited about Brian Cranston and Bill Hader as Zordon and Alpha. Yeah, I, I think those are good choices. I I hope that it is like Peter was saying a second ago. It's the marketing that's making it look really grim, dark. And I hope that when they get the Zoids or the Zorgs, whatever the hell, uh, Zords, sorry, Zords, <laughs> Zorg, Zoids. I just hit on three like Mattel properties, but whatever. <laughs> but, but like, I just hope that when they actually get in those things, it isn't the cacophony of metal and death that the Transformers movies are. I want it to be like can't be fun and i think it well, might get there the thing is it i might. think i think that the original design of uh the daizujin megazord is just awesome and the new one just looks like a twisted metal yeah nonsense yeah. it's is it like sweet tooth transforming to bring it back to video games uh, uh it's it's kind of like when you're fighting dark tooth and his and he uh, it looks sort of ugly and takes up too much of the screen and then it, like, wigs out and, like, sort of goes half into a wall. And uh, then you just run away and you shoot Spectre's missiles through walls and win. Can we all agree that Kong has no right to look as good as it does? Like, Kong looks absolutely it fantastic. Really it, it, like, I, I actually like the Peter Jackson King Kong movie, except it is way, way, way too long. Agreed. Like, I some Peter ideas. Jackson? A movie that's too long? Never. I know, but like, don't get me wrong, I mean, the ending of that movie was like devastating to me, and I was like a blubbering mess, but like, the third or fourth time you're watching a bunch of people get eaten by insects on that island, I was like, alright, we, we've kind of done this like, too many times. Anywho, I didn't mean to sidetrack us with video games. Uh, I guess the only other quick hits that I had, just very briefly, uh, still playing a little bit of Yakuza 0. It um, it's taken me a little while to get into it. I'm only on chapter three. It is, it, it, yeah, it's an RPG. It might as well be a graphic novel in a lot of ways. Like it, it, it you know, a lot of cutscenes. I love the tonal shifts in that game. Like you go from like really gritty, like oh, you betrayed me, to like uh, teaching a dominatrix how to dominate people. Like it's a goofy ass game, but I, I I like it. I just it also took me a while to get my head my head around the combat. I really it's so loose. I really wasn't expecting that when I first started playing it. But you're not you're not playing it to be perfect at the combat. You're playing it to like smash a Yakuza's face into like a street sign, and that's that's neat. I'm digging that. Can't go wrong. 
yeah, no, it's good. And then uh, Dragon Quest Eight beat it, and uh, instead of spending the rest of my life playing it, I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna bow out for a little bit. I also so beat it, but I but uh, nope, I'm not gonna bow out. I I have some Dragovian trials and some new 3DS dungeons ahead of me, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I have not started it yet. <laughs> it's very quick. If you speed up the battles, you can get through it in about 35 hours. That's what that was my clock uh, with just okay. a little bit of extra grinding. I did a lot. I did a lot of unnecessary grinding, and my my uh, runtime was about probably 45 hours. But I was taking yeah. my time. Yeah, it is it, to have the battles sped up that fast. Like I think my first time playing through Dragon Quest VIII, it took me like 80 hours. So it. Again, uh, the wonders of modernization on video games. Like, if you can cut out some meaningless animations I'm going to see a billion times, do it. And you can yeah. avoid random encounters. Seek out the random encounters you want. Uh, oh, that, makes, that makes going after Metal Slime so much easier. And uh, every time you level up, um, your character heals all of their HP and MP, which, okay. uh, which, which, which was not true in Dragon Quest VIII original. So now dungeon runs are a lot easier to survive through. Nice. Yeah, I never beat A on PS2, so I'm excited for the opportunity. I just neither. I stopped at about the halfway point, and I'm just about there again oh, in the yeah. 3DS version. So I'm and, and you'll finish it on the 3DS. I, I really think you will. It just it plays better. It, it, it like everything that Solosi just listed off. I, again, uh, Mike and I were talking about it before the game came out. I was worried about the visual downgrade and how much that was really going to take away from the game, but. Everything else that it does is so damn good that it doesn't matter. And this, this is getting a little esoteric, but they add in in some of the new content. They uh, they add some extra items and treasure chests. Like uh, oh shoot, um, one of the best weapons of a certain type in the game is an alchemy ingredient for a different weapon of the of that certain a different weapon of a different type. And they added just an extra copy of those first of a couple items like that. So now you can. You know, now that now that you know you can get two of this awesome item, you'll feel less bad about alchemizing it. So just th- there's a lot of quality of life changes for uh, people that are playing this game that had that already played the hell out of the first game, which is like you, like you and me, Rob. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's it is, it's really good. Yeah, it's really it, good. It, it is very good. We we need Dragon Quest Eleven. I I need it now. It looks like the it looks like the game I wish nine and ten were. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, nine was just. I think if if like Solosi and I had been like living next door to each other, we would have played like so much nine. It would have been painful. But I played so much solo nine. It and and the thing is that game is designed around an end game grind. Yeah. And it it does the grindy parts of Dragon Quest really well, but the story is a little weak. And but a lot of the good parts are come from uh, multiplayer and internet connecting. And now the internet isn't uh, the internet services for the old DS games no longer work. So I don't even think Dragon Quest IX is a good Dragon Quest game to go back to. But yeah. what I wanted out of a Dragon Quest sequ- um, that came after eight is a big, beautiful production le- that just gave me the sense of awe and that I had from playing eight. And eleven is absolutely that. Yep. Yep. And. Uh... Also, nine looks like butt by today's standards. Like nine looks so terrible compared to what they did with the seven remake and uh, and the eight remake. Like obviously they're on the 3ds, but like yeah, the the DS, the original DS's um, 3D games are rough. I was just looking at weirdly enough. Uh, I don't know if you ever played Lufia. Uh, what is it called? It's Curse it's of Curse of the Sinistrals. Yeah, the, the original is Rise of the Sinistrals. The sequel is Curse of the Sinistrals. Right, right. So yeah, it was. Uh, Being a game, I just got like really nostalgic for it because Lufia Two is one of my favorite 
uh, Super Nintendo RPGs, and I love the music from it. And I don't know why I like it. I just got a wild hair at my butt, and I was like, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch footage of Curse of the Sinistrals. Man, that game did not age well. <laughs> so, and that's true of pretty much every uh, original DS game running 3D visuals. It's like, yeah. yeah. I played the uh, the DS version of Tales of Innocence many years ago with a translated uh, uh, on a flashcard with a translation. And man, just like even like the sword swipes look worse than a PS1 game. Yeah, it's not the pretty. Version of FF4, uh, guys. Yeah, Which is that's a good not version pretty of the game, But it doesn't look good. Why? I, why are... I will take the PSP FF4 sprites over the, uh, the oh, yeah. DS. Oh yeah, those are beautiful. Huh? I love right? the sprites in uh, Final Fantasy IV Complete. Yeah, but that's yeah. the. Fact- that's the PSP version, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and the, the fact that we never got like an FF6 in that style is. I know. I would play an. I would play a five or a six. I would play a five or a six just like Instead, that. Instead, we got six with that awful mobile style. That's yeah, like, not washed out. Say, yeah, all, all of the PC <laughs> and mobile. Like so like, bad. Like it just looks like a watercolor nightmare. Like just, I get what you guys were trying to do. You're trying to make Amano's artwork work, but no, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was listening to an old podcast um, of us, and I, that moment where I I proved to Derek that the guys were in the car in the Final Fantasy 15 arc. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's still like a highlight for the show. Is just, oh, yeah, just there they are. <laughs> I still need to play that, but I keep like waiting for them to fix it. <laughs> Oh, so spe- speaking of speaking of FF15, actually, um, if you guys ever decide to go for the platinum. Make sure you're at the right level to fight the Adamantoids, because it's not fun. Yeah, isn't that, hours, isn't, doesn't huh? that? Yeah, doesn't that fight take hours? Like, in it took me two and a half hours. Um, nope. And it's like an the MMO problem raid. Is, the problem is the combat isn't is just straight up isn't built for an enemy that size. Like, it's hmm. not like it's not like there's slowdown or anything, but you're just going to constantly be clipping through the model, and it, it it can't even really hurt you. I was twenty levels beneath it. That's, that's the only reason, and it it still never killed me. It just, it, it just, it, it has like one big attack that's super telegraphed and easy to block. And you're just going to clip inside the model. And yeah, well, I'm even reminded that. of um, there's an Adam and Toys in, or I forget if they call it something else. Like a, I don't know why Long Gooey. Long Gooey from 13. Is that what you mean? Yeah, Long Gooey. Thank you. Uh, th- that also sort of like wasn't really working well with the system because every character to hit melee would have to do this absurd jump up to its head to start hitting it, and it was like, what is this? And, it, and you had to actually rely on weird timing to be able to to effectively kill it. So It's, it's the same, the same deal. And and I get what they're kind of... They want you to use Noctis's Warp Strike to get, to get up in its face, but then the targeting gets all messed up, and it's like... I, I, I don't know. It's I, I, I did the Platinum for 15, like, and like Overall, I have really positive thoughts on that game, but that fight is just... That is a slog. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the last game we have to talk about... No, no, no. We, we don't talk about that series anymore on the podcast ever since Steven left, so we, we don't... No. I, no. I, 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 feel, I feel as though you're trying to, to muscle me out of some Kingdom Hearts talk here. I, yeah. I, I think I want to muscle you out of a, uh, a game series that hasn't been relevant since 2005. <laughs> All right, I'll give you Birth by Sleep. When was that? Two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. It, it, this is coming as a surprise to me that there's ever been a good Kingdom Hearts game. 
Oh, Mike, so Mike, Mike so we are now putting the essential ten. You shut it. All right. I'm going to mute my mic until further notice. No, no, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have fun with Kingdom Hearts, and, and I love bagging on it because it, it's a very easy target. But I did like it Kingdom is. Hearts 1 and 2 quite a bit. Like, well, I, And, I, and I, I agree. My my love for the series is sometimes hard. Um, and I was reminded of that with with the latest collection, a two two point eight HD remix, whatever the heck. Um, it, it's probably the weakest HD collection of the bunch, and it's also the most expensive, which is weird. Um, <laughs> it, Thank you, Square Enix. Well, like you, for for the first collection, it was forty bucks. You got Kingdom Hearts one, which is good. Chain, Chain of Memories, the remake, which is fine, and the second collection is even better because you got Kingdom Hearts two and Birth by Sleep, and then this one you get. Dream Drop Distance, which is... I'll get to that. Um, the 0.2 demo, which is a... Um, haha, get it? 2.8 plus 0.2 equals 3. Thanks, Namira. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, which is which, which is a good bit of fun and kind of a nice little um, nod to what, where the series might be going with Kingdom Hearts 3. And a collection of cutscenes that are also done in the Unreal Engine and kind of lend some background on the, the Keyblade War. And again, they introduce a new little plot MacGuffin that'll probably be relevant in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, so, like, as a fan, there's some int- intriguing stuff that kind of ties it all together. But um, it's uh, Dream Drop Distance is just such a, a weird game. No, I guess you I say know. that specifically because of, like, the, the way you traverse with... There's... I don't actually have as much of a problem with the, the traversal mechanics as um, some people do. Um, I, I think, th- th- so in, in Dream Drop Distance, you have a mechanic called flow motion that lets you um, kind of rail grind and wall jump and do all this anime movement stuff, which is kind of fun at first until you discover that it breaks the level design completely. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can, I found out pretty quickly that you can infinite wall jump um, using flow motion, and that can get you over basically any platforming challenge. Um, so that's just kind of broken. And then the, the the real problem I have with the game is that there's just too many mechanics. Um, you you have like little pets that you raise for party members, and that's that that's that's kind of weird. It's like Pokemon and me, where you have to pet them. On, you had to pet them on the bottom screen of the DS. Only now you're now it's on the PS4, so you're using the little touchpad and the controller, and it just feels weird. Yeah, I was gonna ask actually what your opinion was because you played the 3DS one, right? Yeah, I played the 3DS one when it first came out, and okay. um, so I was gonna yeah, ask what, little... what you thought of all the things that needed a touchscreen previously or two screens that have been translated to to one. Honestly, I, I wish they had just cut them <laughs> completely. I, yeah. I, I, I get I get why they I get why they kept them. They want to keep the original experience relatively intact, but. It just it just drives home to me just how much of a clustered Dream Drop Distance's design is because like you have every world has its own context sensitive mini game that you have to do and they're all clearly designed for touch screens like swipe a line through these through these chains or um or t- t- touch the, the comic book panels in a certain order and. It is, it, and then like, and then like, your skill system is tied to the monsters that you're leveling up, and that still doesn't make sense to me. Like, I played the game twice now, and I don't understand how the skill system works. <laughs> it, it, so that's, that's not it, good. it's not good. But like, but and there's stuff I like about it. I think the core combat is actually really solid. Pop, quite possibly the best, some of the best combat in the series up to this point. 
because um, you can stack you can stack commands into your little command deck menu in whatever order you desire, and that kind of makes your combos just feel super fluid, and it's really really quite fun. And um, I even kind of get a kick of how fan servicey the end of the plot is. It sets up Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yeah, no, I, I was okay with the ending of that game because I was like, okay, everything's finally coming together. Yep, here's here's the setup. You get you get a uh, one last little turn by Leonard Nimoy as Master Xehanort, which is, is I know that was my reaction. Oh, man, that that got me so much in Star Trek Beyond. I was a complete mess. I was <laughs> I was for Anton had me. I, oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. That Jesus. Hurt. Yeah, that's not fair. Um, so how much like Kingdom Hearts three is actually in this thing? Like, is this just like, is this just like a demo? Like, the whole, well, the whole the whole thing is that is honestly basically a giant hype train for Kingdom Hearts three because Dream Drop Distance itself is the story leading up to um to three. They they implement time travel really awkwardly, but to, but it's basically just an excuse to bring back every villain from the previous games so they can have a giant big showdown in three. Unless so, your time travel has Lavos, I don't care. It's <laughs> bad. It's bad. It's it's bad, and it's not explained very well. But the the the, the, the important thing is that every villain is back. Right. So, and then and some uh, Zan or everybody, they're all there. Right. I, I thought um, that we talked like about. A... Yeah, we talked about the zero point two a fragmentary passage. Yeah. That's that's the demo. And that's um, the and we demo. About... Yeah, sorry, I was. I was going to get to that, but like, yeah, and then the, dem- the demo itself is where you play as Aqua, um, one of the characters from Birth by Sleep. And um, it's all done in the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine. It's, it's Unreal Engine 4. So it's a little janky at times. There, there, I've encountered a bit of slowdown. Um, but for the most part, it runs really smoothly. Um, it plays like a combination of Kingdom Hearts 2 and Birth by Sleep, which I really liked. Um, and it looks gorgeous. Like it is, it is just super pretty, and it animates. Everything is animated so well. The level design is actually good. Like, Ooh, like it feels. It feels like they took the the idea of vertical levels from Dream Drop Distance, but then they made it so it wasn't broken. So like the first area in the game is this like ruined city connected to Cinderella's castle, and you have to like traverse rooftops and uh, and explore this kind of like fractured space that doesn't really make a lot of it's it's like it's like all distorted and crap so you have to like mm-hmm. jump around from like little floating bits of broken rooftop but it actually feels really good and it rewards you for exploring with sidebar. little sorry no 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 I didn't mean to cut you off uh, just uh sidebar here isn't it weird that like a lot of game companies have spent a metric f ton of money to like build their own internal engines like uh what you had with Final Fantasy 15 and uh, Luminous. the Luminous, yeah, hmm? Hmm? Luminous, the Luminous yeah, engine, and the the Void engine for Dishonored 2, and uh, the the uh, the Fox engine for Metal Gear, and now everybody's just going back to using either CryEngine, Unreal, or like maybe id Tech Six because that thing is sexy as hell. It it feels like everybody kind of gave a collective, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be spending all this money on engines that we only use once. It's yeah, the equivalent of uh, Tommy was so buying all of his own cameras to shoot the room, even though he could have rented them. Yeah. I, I like especially to to see all the the work they put into the Luminous engine. Like, do we even know if Final Fantasy VII remake is going to use that, or is that using Unreal as well? I I have no idea. I think it, I thought it was using 15's engine, but I yeah, I'm not sure actually. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's a very bizarre trend in the gaming industry right now. Like Prey, the next game from Bethesda is using CryEngine, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that that should pretty much tell you how successful the Void Engine was for Dishonored 2. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, what's the engine for Persona 5? Is that Unreal? No idea. I don't know. What was Catherine on? I don't know. I don't have the answers for you. If only we were doing this on some kind of device where we could look up all the answers to our questions. But it, it, it it's just this weirdness of like, you know, are, are we really going to go to an age where all we do is just develop games on three or four primary Catherine engines? Catherine uses the Gamebryo engine. That's that's a Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? Yep, it's a Grand. It's Grand Theft Auto, Bully, Dark Age of Camelot. Really? Uh, it's it, it it gets around, and um, yeah. I. I think Persona 5 was a proprietary engine that was building on what Catherine did, but I'm not positive. Persona 5 isn't using the Catherine engine. I'm checking that. Interesting. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract from Kingdom Hearts. I just – for them to go to Unreal was so, like, shocking. I remember with that first Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, we were all like, really? Unreal? And isn't the, I think that's also uh, – is Nier using Unreal? To the Googles. Sorry, um, sorry, I should be doing this, but I'm laid back and very comfortable. Persona 5 is using its own engine. Um, okay. And, uh... What a weird world. I don't know. I don't know, man. I can't quickly find the answer to that question, so we should probably move on with the discussion. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> but so Kingdom Hearts 3 looks like it's going to be badass when we get it in 2020, is what you're telling me. Basically. Right. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it, too. The, the, demo, plays super, the demo plays super well. Um, it's it's definitely an exciting little taste for it, and um, the cutscenes and the 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 little cutscenes they included are are really pretty. Is it just going to be incomprehensible to me since I haven't played a Kingdom Hearts game since two? Um, yeah, it might. Yeah, unless they go really far out of their way to make it, you know, like newbie friendly. I mean, because even the demo for zero point two is like what. <laughs> <laughs> And I've played I, I, it, Re-Kingdom Hearts games, so, like, I followed it just fine, but uh, there's a lot going on. That, it's uh, the same deal. And, you know, in all honesty, like, the setup for the story is not that complicated. It's like, there are bad guys, we have good guys, we need a key to open the door to Kingdom Hearts, whatever. Go, fight. Wait, we're still trying to open the damn door to Kingdom Hearts? I thought Billy Zane did that in the first one. No, that was I distinctly remember that. I distinctly remember him opening the door! It's not Billy Zane anymore, unfortunately, and it was a different Kingdom Hearts. But it was Billy Zane, damn it! It was Billy Zane, and he was the greatest thing in that game. How the hell did he get his clothes changed so fast? Like, I just wanted him, like, oh, Billy Zane, I love you. Uh, he, the Phantom is a good movie, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, he, he could, he's not in this uh, Kingdom Hearts game because he's sitting on all that pile of Phantom money. I would say he's the, he's the new KFC colonel. Is he really? Yeah, he, he's, he's the he's the one in the he's the one in the gold he's the one in the gold commercial. But they no, they they've used they use Norm Macdonald and Daryl Hammond for KFC. They have like a new colonel every six months practically. Yeah, but like I thought I recognized the voice, and I don't think I wanted to think that it was uh, Billy Zane. You guys ever <laughs> seen Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? Have not. No, I've I've only seen I've only seen Bordello of Blood in the old show. Well, you don't want to watch Bordello of Blood because now that no, Dennis all, Miller it's, has it's gone awful. like alt right crazy, uh, he's a little nuts. But like Billy Zane is in this movie called uh, Demon Knight, and it's actually really really good. And he is so flamingly over the top in it; it's amazing. 
He, it's like all, all that energy that he used in like Titanic. I hope you enjoy your time together. He's just going for it, man. He's and the Phantom is good. I okay, it gets a little stupid in the last twenty minutes, but that's a good movie. Damn it! I'll take your word for it. Yeah, then when it gets it turns into crystal skulls with lasers, it gets really stupid. Well, wow, everything is better with Billy Zane in it. That movie has crystal skulls. Nobody has ever pointed that out to me. There's a bad movie that takes place in like the 1940s or 50s, and it has crystal skulls. We should have known. We should have seen this coming, Spielberg. God damn it! Oh, all right. So, so we're we're all excited for Kingdom Hearts. When do we get it? <laughs> like never. Not this year, and probably maybe, hopefully next year. I think I still think we get the first piece of Final Fantasy VII before this. I, yeah, it could be. I, I Although, really... the, the way they were talking about the 7 remake made it sound like it was way farther off. Like, that they were... And, and to an extent, I can see why, because I know they have, like, absurdly high expectations to live up to from <laughs> certain segments of their fan base. They have 20 years of blue balls to live up to, all right? This is going to be impossible. But, like, 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 they said in this interview that they were polishing up the sec- the opening section that they showed. And, like, God. that looked pretty polished to me. So, like, I'm, like, I, yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the way the reason they're making multiple installments, obviously, is to uh, recoup cost as they do it. This but, thing's going to be expensive as all hell. Oh, oh yeah, no kidding. If, 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 in, in, like, in Final Fantasy 15, it turned out to be a success. It broke even on, um, on release day, apparently. So that's good for them. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping, that, I'm hope I hope it does walk, like, but it's just, yeah, it's hard to tell. Two of my favorite franchises as a kid have made pretty big comebacks with Resident Evil and Final Fantasy 15. So you guys have played Resident Evil 7, right? Yeah, I watched the Let's Play. It's really good, isn't it? It's really good. Pretty cool. It's a good game. I'm I I keep arguing with Steven on uh, on Gmail about whether or not the Resident Evil 2 remake is going to play like this game or like the original, and I would not be surprised if they went to the first person view. Have you seen the trailer for um? The, the, it's still Resident Evil, right? the, the CG trailer for Vendetta, the new movie. Oh. <laughs> it, it's good to know that they haven't forgotten Resident Evil's um shooty shooty bang bang side anytime soon. And Leon's face looks <laughs> Leon. Leon looks like Brendan Fraser with his Resident Evil 6 haircut in that movie. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> keep wow. it as far away from Resident Evil 7 as possible. Like, just keep it keep it away. Like, no, please don't do that. Um, Am I going to feel like I'm just watching Encino Man with some hey, zombies in the background? Hey, hey, Sean Astin is brilliant in that movie. <laughs> and Holly Shore just ruins all of the goodwill created by the other actors. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Holly Shore, in the in the army now. Does anyone remember in the army now? Do you guys remember Biodome? Oh God, that's a bad movie. <laughs> that's a re- or Jury Duty. Oh, <laughs> oh, that might be the worst oh. one. I, I, oh, I remember. I saw Jury Duty on Comedy Central once, and I was I. Uh, I wanted to cancel my cable package. It was so. You know bad. what movie has aged really well though? It's not Polly Shore, but it is Brendan Fraser, and it was on the other day. Airheads. Oh. That has aged very well. No, like, I remember when that came out, but I haven't seen it. 
Steve Buscemi's in that. Chris Farley's in that. You I know, was worried you were going to say Dudley Do-Right for a second. No, but... <laughs> no, that was a bad... I liked George in the Jungle, damn it. That's the first date I ever went on with a lady. I was very excited. Uh-huh. It, was, it was in, like, sixth grade. <laughs> you, know what the, you know what the last date I ever went on a lady with was to see? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, oh no. The... <laughs> Which Wayans was in that? Oh, man. No Which wonder one? things turned out Marlin? the way they did. Is, is that the Uva Bowl joint? Yeah, uh, no, Uwe no. Bull. No, I, I'm not thinking of Dungeon Siege. My bad. Yes, wrong. yes, that's in the name of the king. Dungeon Siege. Yeah, wrong dungeon. We yeah, must dress it, our wounds. It was like, the the 2000 one, uh, apparently directed by Courtney Solomon. Oh man, that's a bad movie. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm just saying really it, it's, it's no wonder things went down the path they did. I'm trying to think of what the first movie I went on the date was. Well, mine was George of the Jungle. Uh, well. Was it? That's, it wasn't with Jackie, right? You said first date. No, first date. It was sixth grade. Oh. That was way before Jackie. Yeah, uh, okay. you know, I think. Uh, I think I remember. I think I, I saw uh, Bandits with Billy Bob Thornton in it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, last I, was two, I was fifteen, maybe. Last two movie hits. Uh, the Lego Batman movie was absolutely amazing, and I, like. You better say John Wick Chapter Two. For oh the other yeah, one. John Wick Chapter Two was mm-hmm. dude. He killed a lot of people. The body count is insane in that movie. It's but like it's, 177. It's, it's, it's stylish hyper violence, and it's exactly what I wanted. How is left the first one? How is that not the Max Payne movie? Like, how is that just not Max Payne? Like, instead we got that Mark Wahlberg piece of shit. Like that was just terror. He doesn't shoot anybody till like the last five minutes of the damn movie. Like. And maybe my favorite cameo in the past four or five years, Franco Nero is in that movie. Oh, yeah. And he's one of the coolest MFers ever. So no, Ian McShane. Ian McShane is... No, Franco Nero is the Italian Ian McShane in in that movie. But but Ian McShane is like, there are two guys that I would go gay for. It's Ian McShane (laughs) and Mads Mikkelsen. All right, we've been through this. We actually did. We had had this exact conversation a month (laughs) ago. (laughs) Every time I see Mads Mikkelsen, like now they have that gif of Mads Mikkelsen like in the makeup from Doctor Strange, like doing air guitar. And I'm like, I love you even more now. Like, you are just the best thing ever. He's the man. He is, he is. And Death Stranding, whatever the hell that game is, Mads Mikkelsen is in it. So I'm going to be slightly aroused the entire time I play that game. <laughs> whatever that game ends up being. But Somebody was saying it's supposed to be like Shadow of the Colossus, except with like military. And I'm like, I don't even, what? Huh? What? I, I'm intrigued. I, I think that game's a, a 2020 title. So, and it will be on <laughs> PlayStation 4.5. Also, I oh okay. So this was one brief news hit I want to hit on, and then I'll, then I'll let you guys go. I promise, because I'm sure Derek has you know things he wants to do tonight. <laughs> Why uh, is it all on me? But because I mean, you have a social life and I don't. All right. So yeah. like I, I'm living vicariously through you. Um. So like the the news came out uh, between now and the the last episode about the uh, the boost mode on the PlayStation Pro and how that like improves the frame rate in some older games and of course you know people started trying it. I gotta say like I really don't like this direction. I don't like the idea of my PlayStation not having an optimum experience. But do I just need to make peace with that? Have our consoles just gone the way of cell phones? Is that just I... what we're gonna do now? I, mean, I feel like that's where they want it to go. I'm not sure I like it either. So, and I have a PS4 Pro. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I haven't quite figured out entirely how I feel about all of it. I think, I think Microsoft, if the Scorpio is as powerful as they're saying, that's just gonna f up the Xbox One situation. Something harsh, like, 
Uh, I think it, it has the potential to blow up in their face really badly, and I don't think it's a very consumer-friendly move. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm a, I'm because I'm, I'm currently like looking at external hard drives for my PS4, and I'm like weighing the options of like, well, should I just get a Pro instead? But then I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the idea as much as you do. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm getting gypped on an optimal experience just because I didn't pony up. Another yeah, four hundred dollars. Like I'm, but, I'm nervous to play Horizon because I have a PlayStation Four original, and like, you know, I don't have an HDR TV, so I'm not worried about that. But if like the frame rate isn't as good, like, I feel like it's going to be one of those things that gets worse with time if it takes off. Yeah, and then there's yeah. going to be the PlayStation Four Point Five, or but the, there is one nice thing that I'm hoping for, which is that with this new architecture on the systems and being so much more like PCs, I'm really hopeful that this means that backwards compatibility is not going to be an issue anymore, because I I am one of those guys that likes to play old games. Like I really really do. I like putting. I just bought a copy of Nier on my PlayStation Three, and my PlayStation Three is in our bedroom, so I'd have to play upstairs on our little tiny TV in the bedroom. Because I'm not gonna just plug in the PlayStation 3 downstairs on the big screen, you know. Like that's, that, and I get it. It's because the PlayStation 3's architecture was, you know, Cthulhu magic. But like, I'm really hopeful that now that we've reached a some kind of standard, that the PlayStation 5 will be backwards compatible with PlayStation 4. And in that case, if it makes the games play better, I'm okay with it. They did. They did announce today that the the early state leaked to the, that the Switch is um. Uh, the Switch eShop purchases are going to be tied to your Nintendo account. Finally, oh, thank God. Um, thank so, God. so all I'm all I'm hoping now is that they'll make um, a transferring existing Virtual Console purchases uh, simple because I have a lot of games I bought on my Wii U that I would like to not pay for again, Nintendo. Um, and um, and also that uh, they, I think I think that the the Switch's um controller setup will actually make um their virtual console pretty easy to transfer over because the joy cons from what I can tell basically function as little Wii remotes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and to be able to like that whole BS of like certain games would run on the new Nintendo 3ds, but they weren't back, but they weren't on the original 3ds. Like just, no, that is, that is horrible. Like to, no, none of that. It needs to, the switch just needs to be their console. And then when they come out with a new handheld, everything needs to work on it. Like, and I'm not saying go all the way back to Game Boy Advance. Like, I know that ship has passed, but stop doing it where it's only available on this, that, and the other thing. Sony seems to be screwing that up now with, like, them basically shuttering PlayStation now. It isn't going to run on Vita or PlayStation 3 anymore. So, like, you know, don't make this hard for me to play old games. Like, play, that's one area where Microsoft is kicking the crap out of Sony. Like, the backwards compatibility list on Xbox One is very appealing if you have a big library. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and it makes you wonder, like, is it because the PlayStation 3 was such a bastard uh, program for, is that just not doable on the PlayStation 4? That sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, if the next couple generations are all backwards compatible, I'll be happy. But I'm I'm thinking maybe I'm hoping for too much. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not, it's never something I bank on anymore, just yeah. because... I mean, it would be nice, obviously, but... It's why I buy everything on PC. It's because I know that when I eventually get a new PC, it's all still going to work. That's fair. There's something to be said for that. Like, 
And if and if the developers don't make it work or Steam doesn't make it work, you know that the fans will make it work. You know, like you might have to go through some rigmarole, but it's going to work. So that was one of the reasons I got Resident Evil 7 for my PC was like, I know it's going to work. Right. Yeah, but that's fine. Might as well. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm ranting too much. Uh, we have got a lot of games coming up, folks. We got yeah. uh, holy crap. We got Horizon, which looks really good, and I feel really bad that that comes out so close to Zelda. We got right. Zelda. Zelda. And then Nier, a week after that. And then Mass Effect 3 later in that month. I'm sorry, Mass yep. Effect Andromeda. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I, I think I might sit out Mass Effect. I might sit that one out and come back to it in the summer. Like, I don't need to play that right away. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to like it, but I just... It, look, uh, it looks amazing. There was a, a, a gameplay trailer yeah. that was that came out today or yesterday. Today. Yep. Yeah, and it was uh, it it looks awesome. I'm just worried I'm gonna be rotten with other games I'm playing at the time, so yeah. I might I might wait for a game of the year edition later. It, it it's just because it's sandwiched between you know Horizon and Zelda on one end, and then Persona Five and Fire Emblem Echoes on the other end. I I might I I might end up uh, playing that late. I'm not sure. You left Near out, Mike. Are you not interested in Near? Oh, Near looks cool. I never played the first one though. I'm a little and there's just so many games, man. Yeah, I've been they're, watching a lot of YouTube games. videos. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos for the near lore because I don't think I'm going to play the original game anytime soon. I so. own the original one, and I uh, I listened to the Retro Encounter podcast about it, but I don't know I, that you don't need to, you know. But yeah, maybe not. But it's just there's so many games, and my my funds are limited, and I'm definitely getting Danganronpa and Tokyo Xanadu later in the year. I just it's too many games. And then we got the big one in April. Which, yeah. I'm clearing my schedule. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I am not doing anything. Like it is just going to be all Persona all the time. Like, oh my God. All right. So, uh, yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to the show. For Derek, Mike, and Peter, we will see you all later.